Well, Can you make it fabulous? <laughs> Very spectacular. That's my only request. Yeah. Always have to have the the fabulous podcast. Well, it's, it's only eight times. o'clock in the morning here, so I don't know how fabulous I can be. Oh, God bless you guys. That's like... um, let me know when you're ready to record. No, we are. Okay, we are recording. So we're. Um, yeah, you can start us off. Hey everybody, welcome to the G Two Eight podcast. Uh, I am not Josh Wiley. I am Lonnie Nelson, uh, the worship leader. I'm joined by my wife and Josh is behind the scenes. Um, yep, How's it there going? he is. Uh, we are in for a treat. We are joined with uh, Mats and Jennifer Tunahog from Sweden right now. So it is uh, 4 p.m. their time and 8 a.m. our time. So this will be the first um, podcast that isn't a hundred percent live so and by not a hundred percent live, he means a hundred percent pre-recorded yeah hundred yeah, percent pre-recorded <laughs> um so yeah so we're just gonna jump right in we're really excited to have you guys join us thank you for agreeing to do this um bummed you guys can't be here in person but it's um uh, that'd be quite the quite the trip for an hour interview so uh, but yeah thank you guys we're excited our pleasure um, so real quick, I know that you guys are not real quick, but to get us started off, just kind of an intro, you guys are both world travelers as I, um, refer to you whenever someone asks me what you guys do, because I know you guys travel the world. I know you're always in a different country. You're always doing something, but just give us, and but, but you guys do very different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so just give us a brief, um, Kind of your definition um, of, of what you do um, in, individually. So whoever wants to go first. <laughs> okay. First, a shout out to Leland Nelson. <laughs> I'll, I'll add that for those who don't know, um, we're Jordan's, Jordan Lottie's aunt and uncle. Oh, yes. Yeah. Jordan's, Jordan's mom is my sister, Kathy. So we've known each other for a while. Um, um, so what we do so for the last about 25 years I've been working to fight human trafficking and exploitation and so I went in 1995 so like before many of you were born (laughs) I went in 1995 to Athens Greece where I started a ministry working with women and men who were exploited um and then went on to start uh, a European network, the European Freedom Network of faith-based groups who are all working on that same task, but who weren't connected to each other. So it connected them up um, and have been working on other trafficking-related things uh, since then. And my my current task, Mats, I think, will probably fill in with the business part, but my current task is actually working to help churches in Europe to engage with issues of justice and exploitation. So, uh, so that's that's what I spend my time doing. And I did leave out the whole business solutions to human trafficking, but which Matt may Mats may bring in. Mats M A T S, yes, correct. M A T S, yes. Nice to meet you. Yeah, I, I mean, I was born even at a very young age, last millennium. Um, but then if you go fast forward, um, I've been working internationally <coughs> all my adult life. Uh, it's been a few different emphases o- over the years. Um, uh, but it's always been some kind of uh, Christian-inspired uh, work. Uh, for many years, I worked in, um, in communist countries, and they existed. Uh, and um, started 20 plus something umbrella organizations in different countries and regions around the globe. Um, uh, also uh, started uh, the same year that we had the big 9-11 catastrophe, um, started a national newspaper with three friends. And it's still up and running. I was yeah. part in Sweden, in Swedish. I speak some Swedish occasionally. Not so uh, Swedish. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, but then gradually for the last 25 years, I've had a, uh, an increasing focus on looking at business and the role of business in serving God and serving uh, people. 
Uh, and to that end, I've started and I lead a global think tank on business, which is called Business as Mission. Um, and we have engaged uh, over 500 people in over 50 nations uh, in, um, in think tank groups, looking at the role of, of business uh, from a biblical perspective, uh, historical perspective, strategic perspective, economical perspective, and looking how does Christians engage in business for God and for people in, in China, in Iran, in Mongolia, in Scandinavia, when it comes to business solutions, to human trafficking, to poverty, and to investment, and, and, and so forth. So then we have created um, a number of groups around the globe, mainly business people and business-related people, but also church leaders, national leaders, mission leaders, mission agency leaders, but also um, academic institutions, universities, and business schools uh, around the world. So that's been a little bit of my focus. And then I love to cook, by the way. <laughs> but you don't do that as a job, right? Uh, no, some people suggest I should start a restaurant. So uh, uh, I will. Mm. How come you never cooked for us? Yes, you, you did. You did last Christmas. There you go. And I remember it being delicious. I remember <laughs> being forced to try new things. That was great. Yeah, you, you just come right here. We're sitting in our dining room, so we'll come here and we'll make sure to well, cook hey, for you. We're, we're on our way. Um, so with, with just traveling, because um, obviously with, with the career paths you guys have chosen there's a lot of traveling what does a typical month um look like because i know typical not the last yeah not months. not not the last four or five months but like like right. a year ago what what would a typical month look like for you guys because i know like there's probably days or weeks you don't see each other so just kind of what is what is that dynamic yeah that's a good question uh, but there is no uh typical month as in uh, any any kind of routine uh, there is absolutely no no routine whatsoever um the uh, uh, I mean, although I, I would say for us that's you know no pattern is our pattern right if you know what i mean like that's what's normal for us yeah but but every month will look somewhat different uh, so uh, and, and and that is that's that is the normal <laughs> typically Mats will have three or four trips a month, and I'll have maybe two. Um, <clears throat> I mean, that's that's kind of standard. We both, although we live in Sweden, um, I had to do this for tax purposes here. For <clears throat> and looking at, we're out of Sweden more than half the year. I think I travel something like just around over two hundred days a year, and Mats travels more than that. Um, but I would, well, <laughs> I was going to jump right in to say, but one of the things that we actually really try very, very consciously to do is, uh, to figure out when we can travel together. Mm -hmm. Like we will, we'll get out our calendar and look at it. And, um, and one of the other of us will say, okay, this is too much time apart. So, uh, do you want to come with me on on this trip? And you know why don't why don't we go together to this thing? And uh, so sometimes that means speaking at the same event. Sometimes that just means one of us is in the hotel room working from the hotel room while the yeah. other one is mm -hmm. is doing some stuff. And we can do that because this yeah. is our office. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't need to be any particular place um so I mean, the travel is is not what we do for <laughs> that's not our job right right, right. <laughs> that, that, that is what we do as as we, we do what god has called us to do and we can flex um because uh, the, the our laptops are our offices and mm -hmm. and we're both entrepreneurs so we we constantly start up new things in new countries and uh, so it's been a number of times where, hey, you're going to come along to Russia, I told Jennifer. And I mean, I can put you and I did and come in touch with these and these people. And then you can start up things there. Mm -hmm. And because yeah. I was going there to speak and, and do some strategic planning meetings and stuff. And um, so so it, it works in, in that because of that. So we, we can we can flex. And when we're not traveling, um, we always work out of home. 
whether we're based in Singapore, which we are part of the year, and Sweden part of the year. Uh, and then we manage our own times and we don't commute anywhere. We don't go in two different directions in the morning or come from yeah. two different directions in the evening, yeah. which means, you know, we can always have lunch together, always have dinner together. And, uh, yeah, that's nice to... When you're together, you can actually be together, even if you're both at a dining room table, you know, working, you're still, yes, you're still, right. work, you're still together. Um, and that's, that's one thing that I've newly experienced from working at home during this whole COVID thing is even though like I'm working from home and I'm still fully engaged in what I'm doing, I'm able to, you know, hear Leland laughing and watching cartoons in the next room. And it's just kind of, I'm still present in, in both areas. Um, so that's cool. I, I, I like that dynamic of, you don't travel. It's just, I mean, you, your job is not traveling. That's just what you do to fulfill the mission that God has called you to do. Yes. And, and with that, I guess, um, I mean, I know Josh has, you know, he's been called to ministry. Um, I've had a calling to ministry as well. Um, and I remember that from just, you know, an extremely young age. When did it for you guys, when did you know that this is what God was calling you to do to 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 go and 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 um and educate and teach and and change these organizations and these peoples to to better fulfill their goals you know through through christianity or, or through um business yeah through through business through you know it's like so when 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 did this all start cuz you guys have both been doing this for a long time well before you guys were married yes right and for a long time, I mean, for like, it's amazing for, for 23 year old, I've done it 40 years. Wow. It's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've done it so long because we're so old. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> was, was that what you were getting at? <laughs> so, yeah. Since you guys are both ancient, how many years? No, but, but like, so was, was this something that when you were just really young, you just always knew like, like, Mats, did you know, like, with the business mindset that you're going to go and, 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 if, no, and do this? It's a good and relevant question, but uh, no, uh, I had uh, no idea that I would do what I'm, I'm doing. Um, the uh, And growing up, you know, I have no background in business or my family were not involved in business. I have not taken a single course of business or anything business related. Uh, my major was theology. I minored in history and English literature and pedagogy and and education and stuff like that. Um, and so, but I've always had a sense for uh, sense of, of direction. Uh, and so, looking back, I can see more of a of a pattern. Um, uh, but uh, people ask me often. Students ask me, you know, you know the want to talk to me about career planning and what should I do and, and, and calling and stuff like that. And my short answer is often uh, go with God and the flow, <laughs> go with God and the flow. So, you know, always listen to God, um, be with him uh, through the word, through the church, uh, through what the teaching of the church, throughout history, check the, the needs of the world. Um, and then uh, go with who you are in the sense of this is where I can serve God and serve people. Uh, and I've always had a sense I want to serve the, the least, the lost and the lowliest, the, the unfortunate, the les miserables, whether they were uh, people with no Bible in their language or um, they were persecuted Christians or uh, they were human trafficking victims or they were victims of domestic violence. Um, or they were unemployed, or they were lacking clean water, um, and stuff like that. And uh, being an entrepreneur is that, well, then we just have to go out there and look for solutions. <laughs> and those solutions should be um, holistic, they should be Bible-based, they should be God-honoring and people-serving. Um, and uh, and it's just uh, it's kind of God's irony that... Um, that I'm involved in business because growing up, I, I had no interest in business whatsoever. Uh, so if you had asked this kind of question for me 30 years ago, you know, are you interested in business? I would say, oh, no, never. <laughs> but then this is where sometimes it's just important to go with God and the flow. And because he will surprise you. I would say for my own, for my own journey, and I don't know if you guys have shared your own journeys, um, 
with with the church in the course of the podcast or anything. But for me, um, is a bit different than than Matt's um, experience. Not surprisingly, since we're actually different people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> two. Oh, <laughs> yeah, two people. Oh no! Oh, I love the hat. Yes. <laughs> I was wondering when it was going to come out. Yeah, I just want to show that we're different. So different. <laughs> Mostly, he's different. Yeah. Um, but for me, so, so my mom, <clears throat> Jordan's grandma, was a missionary nurse who went to Alaska to to be a missionary in a mission hospital there and and work. Um, so this is my mom. So I'm growing up in a house where there are mission books everywhere where grandma, my mom's sort of purpose is centered around seeing people know Jesus. And as a little kid, that was the very first thing I wanted to do was be a missionary. I don't remember like wanting to be a ballerina or a, um, a teacher. I wanted to be a missionary. Um, and God grew that uh, desire to some degree in my heart throughout my life. Although I would say, you know, in sort of high school and college years, it was like, okay, let's pick a practical career track. Let's, let's get some kind of skill so we can get a job. So we can, um, I went to Northwest Nazarene university and (laughs) I did a bunch of different things. I mean, like I started in pre-law and uh, studied, I studied business for a while, but it was actually during a college revival week, which I always thought was kind of goofy. It was like um, scheduling revival. It's like, <laughs> come Holy Spirit, October 5th through 8th. <laughs> you know? um, and so I was like, yeah, I, I was up in the balcony possibly maybe a little bit sleepy or <laughs> or sleeping or whatever. I mean, I wasn't, I, I, I was a believer. I love Jesus, but, um, you know, I was. You're a college student. I was a college student. <laughs> I, was, I was just an ordinary college student. And I did know that in college, college church, you know, the, the old building, if you climb under the the pews that are in the um, in the balcony, you can actually lay down and nobody from the stage can see you because it's like seat back, seat back, seat back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so is that where you received your calling? Yes. Okay. I wasn't actually, I wasn't lying <laughs> down. But, I'm sorry, yes. Let me Deviation, come, maybe. Come, come down I was up there and um, I don't even remember what the sermon was, but I knew that God was asking me to give my life and the plans and everything that I had thought about to him. And my very first response kind of was like, I don't want to go to Africa. (laughs) It's like, seriously, pretty sure that if I said yes, it was going to be like, okay, this is going to be something I don't want to do. And it's, you know, um, but it was so clear to me that God was saying something. It was like, is it going to be your way or my way? And so I made my way down from the balcony and went, went to the front. um, And um, yeah, that was, that was the moment for me of saying, okay, now as an adult, I recognize God that whatever you have for me, that's the best path for me. So I'm going to do it. And I switched my major um, then to religion to get ready. Cause I figured, okay, if, if my whole life's going to be given to God and just purposes, this is kind of the foundation I'm going to need to do that. Now I would say there are lots of different tools that God uses you know he wants not just a bunch of hammers in that toolbox do you know what I mean he wants people with lots of different skills and gifts and experiences 
all showing the light of Jesus in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, but for me, that's well, because yeah, because we're because we're called to be the body of Christ. You know, they say the hands and feet, but if you have five hundred hands and feet, you don't have a brain. You know, you don't have a heart. You don't have the hips. You know, so it it does take every every body part to to do the work of yeah of God. So yeah, that's 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 interesting. That's um. I, I knew a little bit of that, but not but not a lot of that. Um, do you have any questions, Joe? Well, I was going to ask, because um, we know what, typically you guys are away from your home for most of the year. So how have these last, you know, four or five months been different? Because I feel like this is the most time you've spent together in one stretch. Are you guys sick of each other yet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's a good question. Um no, I mean, we've we've been here now at home in Stockholm, Sweden for six months. And I have not been in one place, one country for six months in the last 25 years. This is wow. totally new to me. I've never done that for the last 25 years. <laughs> um, and I've often over the years been asked by people, so how would you feel if you didn't travel? Would you be okay with, you know, being home? Um, and I was answered, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, uh, but it's always been a hypothetical question because I always had two, three, five, whatever trips lined up. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I did never really tested a theory, but um, now for the last six months of that hypothesis has been tested and I, I love it. Oh, I love not traveling. I don't miss traveling and I have no longing to go back to traveling. <laughs> but uh, when, when, the time comes and travel comes back to some kind of normality. Sure, I'll 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 do it again. So it's not that I'm you know I'm I'm never going to do it again. But it's been good. And also, travel um, travel across the globe, uh, you know, a few hundred days per year is pretty tough on your your body. <laughs> Changing time zones all the time and, <laughs> and setting up office, you know, every other day or, or week and um, and, and travel uh, involves three very time-consuming things. Uh, one is the planning of travel. You have to buy the tickets. You have to organize the hotels. You have to prepare the lectures or speeches. You have to coordinate the meetings. Uh, so all that planning of, uh, it's not just going on a holiday, but it's planning all the actual meetings you're doing with lots of people and, and that. And then, of course, doing the actual travel and, and doing, doing the speaking and the meetings and, and all that. And then thirdly is following up when you get back on on all these meetings because it's, those meetings always have a number of follow-up things. So when these three things are gone from your calendar, all of a sudden, wow, <laughs> I have tried a new thing. I don't know if you've ever done that, but <laughs> it's actually possible to be take weekends off, two days per week. <laughs> I've taken two days per week off. <laughs> It's, I haven't done that for many years. It's actually a great thing. Very, wow. it's good. <laughs> when I a few years ago, I had an opportunity to explore a job position that would be like fifty to sixty percent travel, and I could not give up my my two days, my two weekend days that were guaranteed. I I was like, I do not, because I would see people at my company um, Friday afternoon leaving to go to the airport to go do presentations in Seattle and stuff. And I was like, I can't do that. I want to go home. And so, so good. I'm glad you were, you were able for the first time to take two days off a week. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. And I would say, I mean, <laughs> just my husband is so romantic. He's like, hopeless oh, romantic. Mainly. <laughs> hopeless romantic. No uh, hope. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think actually it's been great just having the time together um, really has yeah. been awfully nice. And <laughs> I have told him many times, I'm like, Oh, it's so nice to just have this, um, this meal with you or that, you know, and he'll be like, you mean like every other meal we've had <laughs> for the last six months. <laughs> so, Maybe some of us are enjoying it more than others. <laughs> but 
but I mean, I think you're right. That's a very relatable question because everybody has had their lives kind of changed around a bit during the pandemic. Um, And I think in, of course, in many ways, it's been easy for us because when we are home, we work from home and that's our normal when we're here. So our lives, you know, we already had offices set up and, you know, so being here wasn't, wasn't that difficult. And also the weather has been great, which has helped. Sweden is beautiful. And, and I, need, course, I need to get over to Sweden at some point. Yeah. Yes. That, but... Don't come in November or December. It's miserable. Okay. You want to come. You guys want... go to Singapore then, right? right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, but it, so is, do you miss us... travel, Auntie Jennifer? Do you miss travel? I miss maybe a little bit more than than Uncle Mats monsters <laughs> everyone can call him that it's fine. <laughs> you call me grandpa if you want so it's okay <laughs> even though i'm not so no. <laughs> but, um, i do a bit and it's partly i just i love incorporating the new information in a new setting you know it's like so you bring your experience and your skill set into a new place and then you have to figure out um, what makes sense in this context? It's like, what are the things that I know are going to be applicable here? And how how does the new information, are there things that don't kind of match what, I, what I've already understood? And then what does that mean? Um, yeah. So I love going into a new, a new context to figure things out. And a little bit, I miss, I miss that. That's- I, I miss that. I miss pe- seeing people um, because oh, I mean, yeah. okay. doing a, a Zoom call and all that. It, it, it's good and it works for a season. But um, uh, well, that was do... that was my next question too because oh, really? you had you had mentioned like uh, Mats, you had mentioned like you know you go and you you you, you prepare these lectures and then you um, engage with people and then and then you leave and then you know you said there's follow up where you have to make sure that the things that um, you spoke about things are being in. Um, applied to to where they're you know where you spoke and Mm -hmm. so i feel like that there's just that disconnection of the the engagement of people when when it's just over a zoom call um yeah and and speaking is is actually a smaller part of what i do (laughs) it's it's the sort of the the visible thing and that is you know announced and and so forth but the bulk of what i do is working on the think tanks and, and the different business mission groups around the world and starting new ones. Uh, so the bulk of my time on, on these travels, even though it includes you know, speaking at conferences, universities and stuff, is, is more working with people face-to-face on, on mm-hmm. some of these, these issues, whether it is business solutions to human trafficking or business solutions to environmental issues or business solutions to uh, areas and countries where the name of Jesus is, is rarely heard. Um, and uh, th- there's, there are two things with um, uh, that is we need to be mindful of in, in, in these times that um, digital platforms, Zoom, Skype, whatever we use is, uh, is good and can be helpful, but it can never replace the face-to-face meeting. Uh, for a, for a couple, of, let me mention two reasons. And I know <laughs> the lecturer. Lecture. It's like, and they, they're all good. All the reasons will start with the letter C. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. No. Well, number one is you no. Know, God, God did not set up a, a Zoom call to tell us He loves us. Yeah. He became man. You know, the this the is a very profound and important theological truth that it is that incarnational uh, message. Uh, Jesus was the message. He didn't just deliver a message. Uh, And sort of that kind of rubbing shoulders, being relational, uh, that is essential to who we are as Christians, but also as human beings. We are created in God's image to be relational. You know, the triune God created incumity for community. That whole community thing it is nice. important. Oh, there's a C right there. <laughs> oh, say, can you see? <laughs> okay, that's no. And, uh, and number two, um, which uh, many will, will recognize, is that, uh, you know, since we're working a lot with business and we're starting new initiatives of me- of many kinds, 
um, developing strategies, starting new businesses and all that. Um, the, there is a different creativity dynamics when you meet. Uh, and and you, it's just it's just a fact. And there's also that proverbial napkin you've heard on always had in the restaurant and started to sketch out something on a napkin in the restaurant. And then they became this project. Or yeah. this, and, and that is the face to face meeting. So that's uh, so it is community and creativity. Oh, <gasps> two C's right there. Yeah. <laughs> his next his next set is going to start with the letter X. Yes. <laughs> Challenge. Oh, tricky one. <laughs> we are xenophiles. No. <laughs> that means that we love people. That's a Greek word for love, loving people. So there you go. <laughs> so how has your work changed, Auntie Jennifer? Because I know that you do a different thing than Uncle Mott's does. So Yes. Um, well, <laughs> that's a complicated question because kind of actually, again, relatable, like many people, I left the work that I was doing right at the beginning of, I was in transition. I had been working with uh, business solutions to human trafficking and helping businesses that hire women that give jobs to people who have been exploited, trafficked, um, or who are vulnerable to that. And at the beginning of everything in sort of March, I left that and then wasn't sure what was going to be next. So definitely went through a period of like, wow, is this less than an ideal time to figure out everything is, you know, I mean, I think in a lot of, a lot of cases, people will have been looking for jobs and like who for a while, who's hiring, what kind of, what would that look like? For me, it was more saying everything is so up in the air and most church and mission leaders were struggling so hard to regroup that it was like, wow, what, when are things going to settle down so that it, you know, we can see what's ahead and, and what things look like. So for me, it's been really a very prayerful process of, you know, keeping some balls I still had in the air, plates in the air, plates spinning. Some things were still going but I also really needed time to prayerfully discern what is God saying? Where am I meant to be investing my time and energies? And <clears throat> it actually turns out that with the European Freedom Network, the group that I helped to start um, here in Europe, which is about, I think in total between our members and partners, there are about 500 organizations now that are part of the European Freedom Network. Um, uh, and we've been doing a lot of different creative things with them during the pandemic because a lot of the groups went from doing outreach into red light areas, brothel areas, you know, bars and things to not being able to be on the streets at all. And so really working with them to say, okay, what, what does outreach look like now? How do we reach out to people who are being hurt but are now quite a lot further away from our reach, um, but to come right back around <laughs> to, to finally answering your question. There should be a word with C somewhere in there. There'll be a C somewhere in there. <laughs> it's not gonna start with C at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but, well, actually it is. Collaboration. No, it's church, and actually. Church. We've been church. looking at how, how this group, um, that's so large now is relating. And one of the things um, that we really want to do is not just have parachurch, you know, ministries, but we want to look at <clears throat> who does the church need to be? What kind of changes does God need to make in our own hearts to actually prepare us more to engage his work of justice and freedom? Um, and, so we're looking at things like, <laughs> you're totally going to have to edit this out. I'm kidding. But but things things like the church is really intimidated by issues around sexuality. You know, um, pastors, churches, church boards typically are like, you know what? <laughs> Let's stay away from that stuff. There's lots of other good stuff we can preach on and teach about. But of course, I work in a context 
where women and children and even men are being sold or having, you know, having people pay for sexual services and things. And so it's hard for me to do my work without some kind of a spiritual foundation, but even beyond that, um, Max is looking at his watch. Okay, <laughs> have a little time still. Because I actually think this is relevant to Christians in general to say one of the churches I spoke at several years ago, um, I was getting ready to get up and talk about our work. Because you were invited to speak about I was church. invited to speak about my work. And when I got a, a pastor, I mean, he said, you know, you can't say prostitution or prostitute or talk about sex or anything because, you know, this is a family service. And I was like, well, maybe it shouldn't have been a family service. But um, <laughs> but when I got up, he introduced me by saying that I worked with fallen women. Mm. And I was so shocked. Um, but afterwards I really thought about it and I thought, like, here's the bad news is we are all fallen. It's not just the women out there who are fallen. We are all fallen and broken by sin and not just in like cute ways, like, oh, I gossip, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but we're, we're fallen in our sexuality. And unless we have good teaching and accountability and support, we will not steward our sexuality in ways that honor God. So when I think about like our kids going into the world of gender fluidity <laughs> and, um, and all of these other things without instruction, without knowing really what does God's word say and what is the good design that God has for us? How can we live into even our gender <laughs> in ways that really reflect who God is? Um, anyway, that's, those are the kinds of issues I think that need to come up in the church. And so I'm super excited. Finally, <laughs> that's, that's what I, that's what I'm now giving my energy to is working with others to say, all right, what are the things that we need to do to bring the church forward? And, and there are lots of different ways that we're working on that, but sorry, that was so long. No, no, that's great. Thank that's you. Good, yeah. um, Josh, do you have any, any thoughts or questions? No, I should turn my mic back on. That's helpful. Uh, you know, I appreciate that that conversation, and that might be something um, if you're available in the future that would be a good uh, just whole podcast episode of the idea of, of uh, gender and sexuality and uh, culture and um, mm. using those things and living those things in a way that, that honors God and reflects God. Uh, we had a conversation last week on the podcast about identity and just identity as as a an overarching concept about something that uh, everyone struggles with at times um understanding who they are who they've been created to be um mm. and culture has a tendency to poke holes in into whatever we we grasp identity because identity identity gives us um it gives us guide rails uh it gives us a foundation it gives us a structure to build our life around and so if you're able to completely remove that by saying you have the freedom to fully define yourself on every metric. Um, all of a sudden that, that, that causes a lot of people to, um, spiral into, uh, anxiety and, uh, frustration and, um, an inability to cope with life because every aspect of life is now unknown. Um, and right now we're seeing just ma the major effects of of what gender fluidity and, and sexual identity has done even with um, with children and teens, you know, yeah. is all the way down to near birth. I mean, I think Trevor, Trevor Noah, who's got a pretty popular late night show here, just talked about how we need to stop having gender reveal parties until kids are old enough to tell us what their gender is. And... Um, and my heart grieves for the, the insecurity in who we are 
when you're a child and you're just trying to even figure out how to relate to the world around you and you're told, no, oh, it's, it's completely up to you. And you're like, mm -hmm. I, I don't even know where to start. Um, so that's not really so much a question as much as I just, there, there's a lot of power in that conversation. And it is one that, um, unfortunately the church has been uncomfortable with, um, because it does it, it puts the church directly at odds with culture and, um, and everyone's scared of sound bites, <laughs> you know? Yes, sure. Um, and, yeah. and yet in that, in that sort of conflicting thing, we really have the potential to be very good news people. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. You know, when you're, when you're talking about anxiety and the other things that come out of this, it's like, wow, actually we have a, to use that old language, which I know people are not crazy, but you know, we have this foundation mm. <laughs> safe and secure that allows us to actually flourish. Um, yeah. But it, it is the, um, as you say, Josh, this, this freedom that that aspire and the talk about actually becomes a a prison people get mm. uh, depressed they, they have anxieties and all that and it, it's a mistaken understanding what freedom is and we can have that mm -hmm. conversation without having even religious language um mm -hmm. i mean lana you play the guitar and you know you can't just pick up a guitar and say you have full freedom to do whatever you want <laughs> you you do but if you really want to create beautiful music, you have to actually have some discipline. You have to learn the basics. Otherwise, it's just going to be cacophony instead of, a, of some kind of beautiful music. Yeah. It's, it's the same with, you know, if with, with cooking or something. Yeah, sure. You can cook any way you like. You can mix whatever you like. It's full freedom, but it's going to taste awful, I'm sure. <laughs> and, well, and, and, and I've, I've, I've had, I mean, I've struggled with anxiety too. And it's, it's, I mean, it's on a, it's a, on a lower scale, but even things like if I go to the grocery store and Jordan hasn't given me a grocery list, I could spend three hours because I don't know what to like. Literally I've walked around Walmart for like three hours, just struggling in my own anxiety because I don't know what to do. Um, and with, you know, then I'm, I've told Jordan like, Hey, leave me a chore list, leave me like a, a grocery list. Like I need this kind of structure to be effective in, in my goal here. And, sure. and that's where you really can be flourished and talk about creativity again. I mean, if you go back to the, the music thing, you know, if, if you choose on, on, on piano and, and do jazz improvisations, that means you have to be rigorous, disciplined, and, and train a lot. And with yeah. that framework, it will then eventually give you freedom mm -hmm. to create something that is beautiful and and, and 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 that framework is is necessary for all kinds of uh, freedom to really be freedoms and not become counterproductive right too much freedom is it's, it's chaos it, it, it's mm -hmm. anarchy by mm -hmm. definition <laughs> yeah um no that's great um what what is one thing that you want uh, the people watching um, and as well as, as well as like, um, because, you know, our church is, our church is officially launching, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow's our launch Sunday. So we've wow. been in preparations. So Jordan and I have been a part of it for a little, I think a little over a year. Um, and then the team here has been, you know, prepping for this, for this church launch for forever. Um, so we're, so we're still just a, a church startup. Um, what, what is one takeaway that, that you, um, that, that each of you would want us as, you know, as a church, as a body of believers, um, and then also as, as you know, as, as, a, as an organization to, to just take away, what, what is some advice that you would like to leave us with and, and as well uh, leave the viewers with? Loaded question. <laughs> that is a tough one. First, I though want to say congratulations. How exciting that you're now officially launching i mean that is that's really cool yeah. and yeah, well we're, we're pretty pumped well done to you guys on getting to this this place where you're ready to to officially launch the church yeah it's, it's um, been it's, it's been a lot different than you know what i know josh has said what we expected you know especially with the last five six months and <laughs> trying to plan a church and a global <laughs> pandemic is not really in anyone's plans but but yeah we're, mm. we're excited so thank you yeah. Okay. My, <clears throat> my thing comes down to 
the um, the calling that that calling question that you asked a C, about a, a C word, a C word calling. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and the thing I would want people to take, you know, we have we have a different a calling that's unique to each of us. Mats and I have uh, a unique calling, but every person in the in your church, every person that's listening to the podcast has similarly a unique calling from God is made with purpose. And I just, I want to encourage you. There is nothing more exciting, more joy filled and rewarding than pursuing the purpose that God has for your life. Um, you know, looking for those good works that God has prepared beforehand for you to walk in and being able to, to be there. It's like, wow, it's, it's exciting in both good and scary ways because it means relying, living in faith and relying in dependence on God to show you what he's doing and stuff. So there's, it's not without uncertainty. It's not without, you know, scary moments. That's yeah, a lot of, a lot of faith and trust and just, you know, you know, have, I'm having faith, you know, in your calling because like, like you mentioned earlier, you know, when, when you, you said you were going to be, you want to be a missionary from, you know, a very young age, it's kind of like, okay, this is on my heart. Now I have to trust for you to form it into whatever it is that it's going to look like. And then also I have to trust for you to prepare my heart to be able to accept whatever it's going to look like, even if, even if it was not Africa, Africa, God, even if it was Africa. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, thank you. That's, that's great. I would, um, since we have to say something with C, I was at crossroads, crossroads. Uh, I mean, the church always needs to stand at the crossroads of uh, serving God and serving people and don't disconnect the two. Um, and uh, so let's take another word which starts with A, because that's before C. Uh, and, and which... Uh, shows that 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 intersection between serving god and serving people and it's the hebrew word avodah um avodah uh, and it it's used of course in 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 the holy scriptures and it is used interchangeably to mean three things um one is to work go to work in, in the garden in the field be a farmer or whatever work you do being you know your your kind of profession um, that's Avodah. Avodah is also used for worship. I went to the temple, I went to worship the Lord. Uh, and so the Bible verse is using that word to mean that's when I worship God. And, and thirdly, it is also used to, to serve, to serve God, to serve people. And, and is to have that seamless integration, an integrated whole, um, that whatever I do, I work, I worship, I serve. Those are not three distinct, separated activities. But as a church, we work, we worship, and, and we serve. And we do that 24-7 wherever we are. So work is worship. So when I, when I go back to my job on Monday morning, I can say, Praise God. It's Monday morning. I'm going back to my full-time ministry to worship God uh, as I serve in my company, in my business, or at home, or whatever I do. And it's important for, for any, any church or any group of, of believers to, to stand at that kind of crossroads, serving God, serving people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's very, interest, uh, very easy uh, in, in a ministerial um, position to to sometimes separate those points a little bit too much where, you know, if you're in the church office and you're doing things that aren't necessarily in the community and you're not, and you're preparing for Sunday morning, but it feels tedious, you know, I mean, it, 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 it can feel monotonous or, or it feels like work when, when really it's, it's all for the same purpose and the same goal and, and just to be, to be the body of Christ and, and to live out your faith and impact the community and impact the people who are, who are there um, to experience a real experience with God? Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, thank thank you both, Josh. Do you have any do you have any closing 
comments or questions or anything you'd you'd like to leave us with as well? No, I turned my mic off again. Uh, yeah, you know, I've appreciated the conversation. I, I this is something that what you two have both discussed is something that's so central to. Uh, I think some of what Christianity has let slip away in a lot of ways where, um, you know, even this idea of work and, and worship and service are all centered on the same thing. Um, growing up, I had this, this view and, and I don't think anyone taught me this in, um, intentionally, but I think it, just in a way of like getting a grasp on things, we tend to put Jesus, put Jesus into more of a, a checklist you know, where, where Jesus is at the top of the checklist and you mark it off and you do your devos in the morning and then you go about your day where instead of being a checklist, Jesus is actually at the center. It's at the heart of, of mm. everything you do throughout the day. Um, and so that's something I know we've talked about as a church is, is priority of Jesus versus centrality of Jesus. And, and the distinction between that is on the surface doesn't seem like much. And yet the life application is huge. Um, yeah. so I just appreciate the, the heart um, and the discernment that you both have brought to this conversation and the idea of, of, of calling and identity and purpose and work. And we, we are made to be productive. We are made to do things. We are made to, to have an effect on this world. And yet we're made to live, to have an effect that's greater than self. Um, which means you've got to live for something greater than self, mm-hmm. which means our identity has to be wrapped up in the boundaries <laughs> and the service and the rules and the order of something greater than self. Um, and so I just, I, I appreciate once again, just the work that you both are doing, um, and working with companies and living your faith and, uh, putting that into, into a realm where it has an impact beyond the walls of, of churches or the ideas of people who are sitting in congregations, but, uh, begins to introduce the truths of gospel, um, into mm-hmm. places where those truths wouldn't otherwise be seen. Um, so just thank you. That means a lot. And I, I loved getting to sit here on the side and watch this conversation. And uh, uh, hopefully we, we can have other conversations in the future. Thanks so much for inviting us to share with you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thank you very much. I enjoyed the conversation. I know Matt's... I have, a, I have a call coming up in two minutes. So I, I need yeah, to be part of this. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys you. have a great rest of your evening. Um, and we will talk to you guys later. Yeah. All right. We'll Thank see you. you tomorrow. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.